This week's episode of Stuck in the 80s is brought to you by 80s in the Sand. 80s in the Sand is a seven-day vacation in Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. And because, as discussed, I am the greatest wingman in the history of wingmen, I am sending Spearsy alone for this trip to co-host trivia with none other than Deborah Foreman. Tis true, but she's not the only actor there. Anthony Michael Hall, Andrew McCarthy, Amanda Weiss, Curtis Armstrong, Diane Franklin, they're all going to be there too. And bands, more bands than you can count. Yes, but I'm going to try to anyway. Here we go. Loverboy, Howard Jones, Tom Bailey from Thompson Twins, Berlin, Winger, Stacey Q, Animotion, Night Ranger, Starship. The Smithereens, The Motels, Jody Watley, New Shoes. Check out the whole lineup at 80sinthesand.com. 80s in the Sand is November 11th through 18th, 2017. So the time to book really is right now. The event is being hosted at the Breathless Resort, a luxury all-inclusive resort right there on the water in Putacana. And because it's all-inclusive, all your drinks, all your meals, all your entertainment, all included. Just bring your passport and the world's biggest bottle of Advil because the parties are going to go all night long. Go to our website, www.sit80s.com, for more information on discounted rates for Stuck in the 80s listeners. Or go to www.80sinthesand.com for more information. Now on with part two of our interview with Terry Nunn of Berlin. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. The movies. Yes! 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 Oh! 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 I'll have what she's having. And the parties. No one in my family ever drinks. That's great. You probably never run out of ice your whole life. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And B-Rad. And we are back for part two of our amazing interview with Terry Nunn of Berlin. Last week, we gave you the first half of the interview where we talked about Terry's reaction to the first 80s cruise that she performed on and uh, her performance at Epcot and some of her early days, you know, her early influence in rock and roll. But we saved the second half of the interview for this week's show. And it is amazing. In this week's show, she's going to talk about uh, working with Danny Elfman during the early days of the L.A. club scene. <laughs> That'll blow your mind. That story, the story she tells about but Danny Elfman is just going to melt your brain. Yeah. Uh, She'll talk about uh, what music festival was like the greatest day in her life. She'll yeah. uh, she'll tell you how she almost ended up on the TV series Dallas. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's yeah, crazy. That's bizarre. Um, and she'll talk about the return of John Crawford to Berlin. So. Yeah, 
turns out that the show Bands Reunited wasn't all awkward pauses for the people who were on the show. <laughs> yeah, although it was for us watching at home. The, <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh. It is such a great interview. So please sit down uh, and wrap your brain around part two of our interview with Berlin's Terry Nunn. Taking you back to the LA music scene from the early days, when I when I think of the LA music scene, and you know, I, I grew up in Florida, so I, I didn't get to experience it firsthand. But the bands that always come to mind are, you know, Berlin, Boingo Boingo, the Plimsolls, the Go Go's. Did mm-hmm. did did you look at those other bands as competition at that time, or were you friends with like Danny Elfman and the Boys? And did you did you help each other out? Danny Elfman was great to us because they were way bigger than we were when we started. They had already developed somewhat of a following and, and they had like they, you know, sold out places and we were just trying to get an audience and they put us on their bills a number of times. And the first time I was ever in a studio, Danny showed me how to use a microphone. I was terrified. I had no idea what to do. I didn't know how to record, how to sing into a mic, what to, you know, mic technique, any of that. And he was in the studio leaving when I came in, you know, because in those days we didn't have digital, we didn't have home studios, we, we had to go rent studio time. So this was a studio, I don't remember what one it was, but it was one that, you know, everybody could afford that, that was good enough, but also affordable for, you know, bands like us. And, and we had booked the time. And as I was walking in, Danny was walking out, he had just finished a session there. And and I, he, he could see, you know, I was nervous. He said, oh, you're going to, what, what, what are you doing some recording? I said, yeah, I, this is my first time. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what, what, what I'm doing. And, and he followed me back in and said, well, here, I'll show you. Here's the mic, you know, and he, he, his engineer was still in there packing up. He said, hey, turn on the mic, you know, just, just show her, let, let me show her a couple things. And he showed me how to use it. And it, it was so valuable to me that I still remember uh, how much, you know, how relaxed it made me feel. And, and I, I did the, a much better job because of him. So, yeah, that was, that was wonderful. And then the Plimstols, we played with a couple of times. Um, the Go-Go's, we also, I mean, we were all playing everywhere at that time, just trying to be seen and, and heard and get better and so we were all playing with each other, you know, here and there and everywhere because it was a big club scene back then. That was 1979 through 81. It was, it was great. It was a great club scene. Uh, every night there were great bands playing. So, yeah, that was, that was wonderful. And then, and then uh, I think you performed the same night. Don't you perform the same day at the US Festival along with Oingo Boingo? I mean, I think that was 1983. Or I yes, know but I don't believe Oingo. Let me look because I've got – that was one of the greatest days of my whole life. And I've got the T-shirt up on the wall so I can tell you what day Oingo played. I don't think it was our day. I don't know why we got put on the day we got put on because – there was a new wave day, and right. we didn't get that day. You got the rock day. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. There was a – okay, so Saturday – I'm looking at Saturday 
was the New Wave Day. And that was headlined by The Clash. There was also Men at Work, Stray Cats, English Beat, Flock of Seagulls, Oingo Boingo, Wall of Voodoo, In Excess, and opened with Divinals. Can you even believe that lineup? No, not at all. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then there was Heavy Metal Day, Sunday, and then we were Monday, and that was headlined by Bowie. And then there was Stevie Nicks, Joe Walsh, Pretenders, Missing Persons, U2, Quarter Flash, Berlin, and Little Steven, and the Disciples of Soul in one day. Jeez. So what was it like? I know. I mean, you're playing in front of half a million people. That I mean, that just had to be surreal. It was surreal. It was. Uh, I've never since seen that kind of a vision. It was literally like the people went over the horizon. Like there was no way to see the back. There was no back. It was so far of a, a sea of people that we couldn't see the end to it. It just kind of went over the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then and then to to get to not only play but watch all of those people in one day play and 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 be part of it. I can't even tell you. It was just like the biggest orgasm I've ever had because the you know <laughs> concerts to me are the biggest orgasms. They are the the best drug that I ever have. Whether I'm watching one or I'm doing one, it's the same high. It is so great to be immersed in music that I love and watch someone or be someone that's doing it. And is is it's it's I can't even describe to you. It's better than any drug I've ever had. It's the best drug I've ever had. I, how many are those people? Bowie, Nick, three, four, five, six, seven. Nine bands and nine great bands. Yeah. In, you know, all one after the other. Oh my God. <laughs> so you, you, you compare performing on stage to an orgasm. I mean, how does it compare? Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I, I don't know, I know a lot of people know that you, you did have a, a nice string in acting, you know, in the late 70s and early 80s. I mean, what was that feeling like by pretty comparison? Good. <laughs> um,. It's not the same. It, I mean, music to me is the ultimate, ultimate orgasm, but I didn't really, I mean, I was scared of, of, I didn't think that, I didn't know. I didn't know. It was really my mom who finally gave me the, the nod to try it because my life was becoming more and more about, about, uh, acting work and I was doing, doing well with it and I liked it. It, I like, I like the creative, I like the, I liked the creativity of, of telling a story that was good and, and doing it well. It's, and I have a great, huge respect for anyone who can do it well, because it's a craft and it's hard. It's not easy to, to, to express the honest emotion of what's going on when it's called for over and over, if necessary for days at a time, if necessary and cry on cue, if necessary for uh, an entire day, if (laughs) necessary. I mean, it is emotionally exhausting and it's, and if you do it well, Oh my God, my hat's off to you because I, I, it, it's wow. It's, it's a craft. 
But it's not like music is music is just this fun, pleasurable, overwhelming just orgasm, you know? It it's 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 and being inside of it is nothing like that. You know, there's nothing like that. Nothing. Yeah. It's for me. So yeah, it was my mom. There was there was a point where I, I hit a crossroads. You probably heard the story and if you have stopped me. But it was a crossroads in my life. We all have them. Where I I got insanely lucky. I, I the the casting director of a show called Dallas happened to know me and sold me somehow to the producers of the of the series which had not started yet. They were just casting the the main characters for it. And so I walked in and there wasn't even an audition. They just said, do you want to do this role? And do you want this contract? And do you want this money? And it was seven years and I was 17. So I thought, Oh my God, if I sign this, you know, this whole music thought that I have is, is gone because then I'll be 24. And in those days that was ancient in music. You know, you you might as well, if you haven't even tried at that point, you know, just give it up. And so it was, it was a crossroads. It's like, you're either doing this Terry or you're going to try the music thing, which I had not even tried at that point. And it was my mom who said, Terry, I, I don't know if you're going to make it, but if you don't try, you will always regret it. So yeah. if you want to try this music thing, then try the music thing. And it's, so, it's so no, regrets. Turned, no, not at all. I mean, I lost my agent immediately. He was like, <laughs> are you out of your fucking mind? This is, <laughs> this is, nobody gets this kind of thing. Ever. I mean, how many of these do you think you'll ever get again? You're never ever going to get this again. And if this is really how you're going to be, then I don't want to represent you anymore. And so he was gone. My manager dropped me because she was pissed. And so I had nothing. And, and then at least I had nothing to lose anymore because I'd lost it all. I was completely like at square one now. And so I had, I just thought, okay, well, I'll give myself a year and see if I can get anything going, find a musical partner or a band or something. And I, and it was literally a year later to the month that I met John Crawford in Berlin. And he was just great. He was, he was doing something unique and something that I thought was worthwhile. And he was trying and he was, playing and he was in clubs and he wasn't just talking he was going for it and he needed a singer and I loved what he was doing so it just worked out and god that was I mean the partnership has begun again with him we're we're writing the new album together now but it was 13 years of of working together you know that you know just started from from just a risk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I was 
I was yeah. I was watching bands reunited from VH1 the other day, and I remember I watched it when it first mm-hmm. came on, like I don't know, twelve, thirteen years ago, and uh, the episode mm-hmm. with Berlin, and I always felt so bad for the for every band that was on that show because it always looks like you're being ambushed. Um, but <laughs> I'm like, oh, these yeah. poor people, their cameras are being shoved in their face and they're like saying, you know, sign your name above your photo and, you know, and, and let's reunite the band. But, but John mm-hmm. really acted and sounded like he wanted no part of that until, until he saw you again in person or am I just buying into the whole mm. TV drama? Well, when they, when they ambushed me and then, and then they turned off the, the, uh, the cameras, they said, you know, so do you think John will do with this? And I, I said, no, I don't think he will do it because we had been in a fight Well, we had had a fight. I shouldn't say we were still in a fight, but we hadn't spoken in years. We had, we had blown apart about seven years prior over a Berlin issue and he was not happy with me. And so I didn't think there was any chance he would show up for it. None. But he did, and and that show healed our relationship because of that show. It, it healed, and I was so grateful that it happened because, you know, after seven years goes by, and, and you see the longevity of something, you know, that, that you created with somebody, and that, that their work with you is helping your kids, you know, get a college education. Yeah, this is big stuff, you know. And to be mad over a business issue when what you've done together is so much bigger and so much more wonderful, you know, in my life, I I, I just wanted to thank him. I wanted to bury the hatchet and thank him and 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 have it all be okay because we did something together and it was bigger than the petty arguments over anything. So. That is what made it happen. And so the now you're healing. Yeah. And so now you're actually. Yeah. Ever since then, we've 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 been in communication. You know, we've 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 just been in touch. But it was really, you know, when his marriage started to fall apart, uh, not last year, but the year before, the end of 2015, that he reached out and he needed a friend and. I had been through a divorce, so I was able to to be there for him in that way, and then it developed from there into this, which is also out of nowhere, but so wonderful to be able to work with him again. How's the work going so far? I mean, how much of uh, how much new material have you guys gone through? We've written about. Eight songs. He has another thirty right now. (laughs) In various stages. I mean, the guy was always prolific. He always wrote a lot of music. So it is definitely going slower than in the past because I'm also playing at the same time, and I I can't focus on two things at once. If I'm doing a show, I'm doing a show. I need to focus on that to make it the best I can. And if I'm home, then I can focus on writing with him. But yeah, it's, it's coming and it, he, he definitely will be, it will, the next, the next album will be a reunion with uh, you, John and Dave. Yes. And John is coming on the cruise next year. Oh, is he? Excellent. He is. Yes, he is. 
So he'll be on stage with us. Oh my God. Breaking news right there. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. I, I know I, I became Facebook friends with uh, Dave and, and Paul during the cruise because, oh, yeah? I, yeah, because I was, I was tweeting out, I was live, live tweeting and live Facebooking during your shows and posting photos and I guess they noticed them. And so we became Facebook friends. So yeah. How cool is that going to be? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So the three of us will be on stage together. Wow. We can't wait. Um, yeah. By the way, when you're when you're here in Orlando, I, I live in Orlando now. Uh, a lot of the fans who, okay. who live in Florida are planning to be there at Epcot for your shows. The people that were on the cruise. Oh, so, how many people were did, did did you were you able to tell like how many people were from Florida? Oh gosh, how many people are from Florida? There's like a, actually there's a Facebook group of just Orlando people that were on the cruise, and I think that's like thirty. Are you serious? Yeah. Really? The, the 80s cruise people are crazy. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're 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 what very kind of They just they never I mean every day they they write we write in our Facebook groups and and people stay in touch and they have little mini reunions around the country. It's uh Wow. It's something All else. Just yeah, it's only been two. So, but you know. Yeah. yeah. I you know. How did this one compare with the first one for you? You know the first one, everything is so new. You, 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 you they bill it as like this is going to be very immersive. Everything's going to be eighties, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't believe it till you see it until you're in the elevators and you see Ferris Bueller there, or if you're right. when you're at dinner and you hear you know Berlin playing you know, on the overhead right. uh, thing, and it it kind of blows you away. Um, I think um, uh-huh. I think. The, like it's it's like the first time you do anything, it's incomparable to everything else that follows. But I think they did a better job the second mm-hmm. year, like tweaking the little things, making this this a little bit better, and changing this around and and stuff like that. I'd be curious mm-hmm. to see how mm-hmm. it changes because now you have Rick Springfield hosting it. So I don't know. He's be, good too. Yeah, I did an event times. with him where he hosted at a resort in Jamaica last November. Yeah, he invites uh, singers to come and guest with his band. So I did a concert one night as a guest singer with his band and we did a few Berlin songs and we did some covers of some songs that I love with his band. And it was more the rock kind of flavor because that's his band. They're more rock. He's good. Yeah. He, he was always doing something. Yeah. He's amazing. Later, I think we'll do this. I think we'll do this. Uh, here too he late at night after his show and after my show too he uh, just had kind of like an impromptu everybody sit on the floor and he has a guitar and his buddy has a keyboard and people would just shout out mainly (laughs) Beatles songs because he loves the Beatles and he would just start playing and he asked me to come up and so I sang harmonies with him or sang a lead on a Beatles song or whatever and it's just totally impromptu, totally improvised, whatever somebody wants to hear. If he knows it at all, he'll play it. It was really fun. People just had a blast and singing along. And it was just, you know, I don't know many people who would do that. And I thought, wow, it was very cool. Not to mention the guy looks fucking great. 
I mean, I can't even believe he is 67, dude, and he up close looks good. And I don't mean good like done up, like weird, like like plastic surgery good. I mean good, like <laughs> fit, like tight, like young. I mean, he's not he's not like he has he has a few gray hairs here and there, but he looks good. Like really good, <laughs> so I'm I'm impressed with that guy. It's gonna be a fun trip. Well, I'm I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing you at Epcot. If you see a bunch of people there wearing the '80s cruise T-shirts, you'll know it's us. And uh, the are um, you gonna wear the, the T-shirts? I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Anyway, yeah. I really appreciate it. Uh, your time. We will we'll, we will see you in Orlando. Look for the crazies wearing the. I assume we'll be wearing our purple shirts. <laughs> I don't know. And then I. And if I don't see you there, I'm sure I'll see you in Putacana. All right. Well, that sounds great. Thank you for thank you for uh, the interview. No, this see? is my honor. This has been uh, you're, you've been on my bucket list for a very, very, very long time. So I'm so glad to have the opportunity. So thank you. All right, I'll see you there. What do you think? Epic interview? Oh my gosh, so good! Yeah. I just love hearing her talk about the US Festival. Um, I had no idea that she was um, offered that contract for Dallas. I mean, that's she's right. That stuff doesn't happen. Like a, a seven, they offered her a seven-year contract, and she said no. <laughs> like no, I'm not surprised her agents didn't drop her. I'm surprised her agent didn't kill her. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's amazing. She is really. You know, one of those special people, and uh, I thought it was so cute, um, for lack of a better word, after the first half of this interview. Like, if, And if you remember, if you go back to last week's show, you can hear the first half of the interview. When she talks about, you know, what, why people were going so crazy for her in concert. I'm like, you, yeah. guys, you guys, when you guys perform, you come on stage and you play your three of your very biggest hits back-to-back as your first three songs. And you, why wouldn't we be losing our shit? <laughs> you know, it's just... Plus, they just she has a charisma that is just—it's such an X factor. Yeah. Well, and they, like you said, they come out and they do their—they open with the big hits, and then somehow they just keep climbing the ladder yeah. with the energy, and it just—it cranks everybody up. Yeah, yeah. You think you? Everyone's like, "Oh, Berlin." I know a couple of their songs. You know more than a couple of their songs. You just right. You need sometimes you have to go and you have to hear it to, to believe it, and you'll have your opportunity because. She is performing at 80s in the Sand. She'll be there for that trip. Um, she'll be there for the 80s cruise in 2018. Yeah. And, and we've said before, we've got promo codes for both those trips. So if you haven't seen them already or if you're on the fence, email us and ask us you know, for more information and we'll send it to you um, because we can save you money on both those trips. Having her at both of those is just going to be like – and then I'm – you know, having just seen her or at uh, Epcot, I mean it's just going to be – uh, this is the you know another golden age for the band, especially with John yeah. Crawford. John Crawford is coming back on the '80s cruise with Berlin. How cool is that? I know be? that's so cool. That's so cool. I think I squealed cool. when she told me that. <laughs> I know I did inside. I know I did inside. So. You know what makes me squeal inside, Spearsy? The, the seggies. seggies. 
ah, the mystical refrain is reader mailbag or fan list, listener mailbag. Doesn't it doesn't feel the same? Listener mailbag. Uh, reader mailbag. Is, that's what we call it. Yeah. I get it. It's okay. We're reading it. So there you go. Anyway, the the first letter is from Alex Peter. Why don't you go ahead and give it a go? Alex writes, "Hey guys, I think last week's mystery music moment is Wild Wild West by Escape Club." I think. Mm, I think we mentioned Alex and his ilk last week. Uh, so this is one of the three songs I hate because of the experience, not the song. Let me explain. In 1999, I was a manager at a soon-to-be defunct electronics retailer. Mm, I wonder what one that was. It was. This was its heyday, though, and I worked in the West region. Anyway, we had a two-day regional meeting with the DJ, and every time we would go to break or come back from break or leave for the day, the DJ would play this song, the same part. Over and over and over and over and over. It finally got to the point where our regional manager told them if they played that song one more time, they would not be paid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. In case you're wondering, the other two songs are What's Love Got to Do With It by Tina Turner and Sweet Home Alabama, which I realize is not an 80s song. On all these songs, I no longer turn it up. I now turn it off. Still stuck in the 80s, Alex Peters. Yeah, that uh, that can happen with songs. Let's uh, see what it's retailer. Um, what's that one electronics retailer that went out of business? It was um, well, gosh, recently I'm I'm thinking Circuit City, but Circuit, that was recently. Yeah, it has to be Circuit, Circuit City. City. No, that was 1999. Uh, would have been its heyday. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. okay. 99. Yeah. See, I was thinking in the 80s. I'm like, what about like Circuit City drove a bunch of smaller ones out. Like here in Southern California, we had Federated. I used to work for the Federated at uh, as like a cashier, and the ads were like, "I'm Fred Rated," and it was actually Shadow Stevens was the guy who was in all the commercials. I'm Fred Rated, not you, and believe these crazy deals. And he'd throw TVs off of buildings oh and stuff. People would come into the store. All the, it was like the um, Crazy Eddies, right? Isn't that New York Crazy Eddies? Maybe. Um, they, you know, people would come in. Why don't you just give me that TV? Why are you just destroying them? Like, you know, you're kind of missing the point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, we got another letter this week. Yeah, so uh, so Alex, if it was Circuit City, just let us know. I mean, you can t- tell us privately. We won't. I'm not gonna throw you under the bus or anything. Don't want to ruin your pension yeah, plan. <laughs> uh, next letter is from Padre Paul in Minnesota. We haven't heard from Padre Paul in a while. Padre Paul writes, "Hi guys. Not sure why I was thinking of this, but during the letter segment, every time I think of a scene from Splash, one of my favorite movies of the '80s." John Candy is so hilarious in that movie. There's a scene where he pulls up to the fruit factory and screams, Penthouse printed my letter! A lesbian no more! I've got copies for everyone! (laughs) Browsing through some scenes, he's reading the magazine in the office, too. Reading it. Yeah, he's reading it. I can't remember if you've ever done a John Candy podcast or not, but such a great actor from our decade with so many memorable roles. And, of course, his time on SCTV was fantastic, too. Just a thought for an intro to the letter segment. I know I did win about eight years ago. I'm the proud owner of Spearsy's Taco Bell Chihuahua Yokero Taco Bell Dog. One final idea. Some time ago, you mentioned possibly doing a show dedicated to the Minneapolis sound in the 80s. That would be a great show. Have a wonderful week. I love the dog, but I could always use another bottle opener. Thanks for keeping the show going. Padre Paul, Twin Cities, Minnesota. Uh, I know we talked about doing a John Candy show. Those are hard to do nowadays because they take so long. To, to try to yeah. sum up everybody's uh, one actor's total uh, collection of work in a decade. So, I, I, w- one other quick question: You owned a Taco Bell Chihuahua dog. I forget how you got them. Didn't you get them at 
taco. I think someone bought it for me. Or I think if you ate a twelve pack of tacos in twenty seven <laughs> minutes or less, twenty five minutes. Actually, I could do that. I could do I that could right do that, now. No problem. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know you could. Much to my plumbing chagrin. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I did. I gave it away. So I'm glad yeah. he still has it. <laughs> anyway, we love your letters. Email us um, at podcast at sit80s.com. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Come on, check out Bobby's Hot Wheels. Checking out the news about Hot Wheels. 80s Firebird. It's the Hot Wheels Hot Ones. Hot Ones with that. That's news. Go Color Max. Check out those racing assholes. Goes really fast. Check it out. Hot Wheels are checking out. Yeah! Hot Wheels Hot Ones 80s Firebird. Some cars not for use with some sets. New from Hot Wheels by Mattel. And we're back, and we have just a few minutes left, so I thought, let's play the game called... Please, please tell me now. Please, please tell me now. Yes, it's time for Please, Please Tell Me Now. Um, this is where um, someone rarely ever emails us in and asks us a question uh, about anything they want, usually something 80s-related, and... Um, this we, segment is the Great White Buffalo. It is. Great White Buffalo. Great White Buffalo. So, Great um... Buffalo. This week's PPTMN is from Weary Bear here in the Orlando area. So give it a go, Brad. Here we go. Weary Bear writes, Hey there, guys. In one of your recent podcasts, you mentioned that your PPTMN question folder was getting a little slim. Slim. It's anorexic. (laughs) So I thought I would come out of hiding for a few moments and offer you a reflective question. This is the year that I will be turning 50. Yeah, get in line, Weary Bear. Get in line. I suspect that many of your listeners also face the same issue. That got me thinking. What if you had a very rich friend who wanted to throw a huge birthday party at his mansion for you and a thousand of your closest friends? Okay, hang on. I don't think I know a thousand people, but okay, well, we'll maybe a hundred. Anyway, be a as a bonus, segment. he's even willing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Find Brad nine hundred more friends. That'll be the seggy. As a bonus, he's even willing to fire up his hot tub time machine in the basement and go back in time to grab any musical act that you choose and bring them to the party to provide the entertainment. If there were absolutely no restrictions on who you could choose to perform at your party, what kind of party would you want and which musical act would you choose? Personally, I have had a difficult time picking. On one hand, I would really enjoy an elegant dress-up evening with Air Supply circa 1986. Hmm, quite sophisticated. I would love to slow dance the evening away with a beautiful lady from my past named Ingrid. I guess my friend would also have to swing the hot tub by her house and pick her up. (laughs) On the other hand, I also like the idea of having a major blowout that I may not remember in the morning. If this is my choice, then I would have to pick the supergroup Boston to play at my party. That also comes with one additional condition. I must be allowed to join them on stage to sing the last song, and that song has to be my favorite Boston song called I Had a Good Time. That's pretty strong, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty strong. Well, that's my answer. Now, what's yours? Steve's Crosstown neighbor, Weary Bear in Altamont Springs, Florida. Yeah. yeah he's right next door to where I live now. That's pretty cool. Um, uh, Brad, you go first. Well, this is just automatic answer. Um, obviously, Devo. D-E-V-O. The question that, that I thought about for another 15 seconds was, which like which Devo do I want? Post new traditionalist Devo? Do I want post? Oh no, it's Devo Devo. I don't want any newer than that. And I think we go post new traditionalist Devo. So the first four albums, 
original lineup is intact, still using mostly real drums, not electronic drums, and just craziness. And, you know, honestly, I don't even care if any of my friends come. I just want to be there and I'll soak it up. <laughs> I, I did I did think for about a, you know, I'm like, what What about maybe you two? And I'm like, mm, no, no, Devo. It's Devo. It has to be Devo. Hmm. I would go with I, I just I, I wish I had a more interesting answer than this, but I really feel strongly about this because I mean I, it, this is something I never got to do. I would like to see Prince in the Revolution, mid eighties like nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty five Prince. Okay, preferably like right after the release of Purple Rain. So okay, like, so nineteen eighty five Prince basically is what I'm saying um, with all the original yeah. members. Oh my gosh, that would be yeah, amazing. Yeah, do I want to join them on stage for a song? Um, I can't. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, what song would you? Yeah, you need to get up there. You need to get up there and play keys with uh, Doctor Fink. Yeah. Um, you know, like shove him off the stage. Go, go have a drink, buddy. I got this one. Jeez, I mean, I'd love to obviously be up there for Purple Rain, but I want to be the one who goes over and gives Wendy a kiss on the cheek. That would be that yeah, would be it. Do. That's all I want. And uh, and I would um, and while she's crying, you know, and that's what I want to do. And uh-huh. then, as far as I wouldn't ask for any him to swing back. To be honest, the best friends I the best friends I've ever had are the friends I have right now. Oh, so, Steve! So I want you to be there. I want Katie to be there. Uh, we would. We would. Drew be there. and Amy, Steve and Deja, Jen and her husband. Uh, we'll bring out Carol Jansen. Get Marty. You. Nice. My friend Blake nice. from Nashville. Bad Andy from uh, St. Pete. And um, awesome. Trying to think who else. Doctor Dim. Doctor Dim would have to be there because you know he would love to see Prince and Revolution. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Dim would have to be there so he could say, oh, "This is too popular. I don't like it." <laughs> you guys look like you're enjoying this, so the contrary in me will not allow me to do so. Yeah, Kevin Serving Winch would have to be there. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's given so much to the to the blog over the last five years. Uh, he can bring all the Winchlets. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's what I would want. That would be a, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I would really now. Now I'm getting kind of wistful, which is the opposite of what you're supposed to feel at the end of one of these episodes. <laughs> no, or exactly, yeah. or, or or exactly, or, or, or maybe that's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh boy. Anyway, um, well, I hope you enjoyed um, our two part interview with Terry Nunn from Berlin. I hope you're with us to see her either in Punta Cana or next year on the Indies Cruise. We hope to interview a lot more of the artists who are going to be on those trips um, in the coming months. And in the meantime, in the hot tub time machine, trying to deal with our 50th birthdays, Weary Bear, myself, and B-Rad, we remain here, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a class of 85 production. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And remember, this is only an exhibition, not a competition. Please, no wagering. Okay, don't talk too much. What? You don't want me to talk too much? (laughs) My lovely daughter just arrived.